Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. Welcome to Commonwealth Conversations, presented by the Massachusetts Collective. I'm Patrick McWilliams, the director of the Collective. I'm filling in for Nathan Strauss today. Today's guest is Nathan Mook from the Rhodey Vault and owner of the Vault Network. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And uh, Nathan, yeah, if you could just briefly introduce yourself and, and tell us about uh, your background and, and the Rhodey Vault and the Vault Network. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, started, I think it's uh, coming on almost two years. Um, you know, in March will be two years and basically started uh, started it with no intention. It started as just kind of, you know, discussing URI hoops. Uh, but kind of the main intention of beginning the process was actually, you know, focusing on kind of the legends of URI. Uh, there was a big push um that i wanted to be involved in in regards to kind of retiring some some rhode island numbers uh there hadn't been any retirements at all so just kind of as a history reminding rhode island fans and everyone else of you know the great history of of uri sports and that's how it started uh kind of gained momentum and it kind of grew into what it is now uh which you know i cover the four uh major men's basketball programs bryant brown providence and rhode island uh, you know, I have segments with each of the assistant coaches at those cover women's basketball as well. Uh, and, and once I started that, I, you know, started a A-10 vault, Big East vault, and especially the A-10, that was kind of the focus. Same sort of thing, just focusing on kind of the history of the league, uh, history of the players, the coaches. Uh, and now it's something where, you know, on the side, I kind of cover A-10, Big East and, and sports in Rhode Island right now. And you're definitely a very talented interviewer, something that you'll see very quickly that I'm not as I'm filling in for Nathan today. But is this something that you studied in school or something that you just have a passion for? I mean, you must spend a, an incredible amount of time on this. It, it's incredible content. Yeah, no, no, no past, no history really with this. Like I said, I, you know, start off, I was a teacher, uh, administrator for about 12 years in education. And now I actually work in the behavioral health field. So this is something that really was just kind of on the side again, no intention of what it is now. Uh, I kind of laugh, you know, I got, you know, a family for four young ones. So a lot of these interviews consist of, you know, putting a kid in a crib when it shouldn't be in the crib to, uh, to, to do a quick 10 minute interview. 
Um, but it definitely is, you know, it, it takes up time, but this is still kind of more of a, a passion project for me. Uh, so trying to keep it like that, uh, but still, you know, cover it the best I can. And you have, you've had some really impressive guests so far. Who's your, your top guest so far? And who's your one guest that you're, that you're kind of chasing down? Who's your dream guest? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, the say top guest, that's hard. I mean, obviously, you know, name wise, you know, Coach K was obviously a huge one for me. Uh, I was able to do Coach K, Phil Martelli. Uh, I did one, you know, I did a John Cheney series. Uh, and Phil Martelli was probably one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite interviews still to this day. And that was very early on. Uh, Lamar Odom, uh, I've interviewed a couple of times. He, you know, he was one of my favorites, obviously kind of growing up and watching him and obviously his success he's had in the NBA. Um, you know, in terms of uh, a dream guest, wow, that would be, You know, I, th I think I would love to have, I don't know, I don't think I call it a dream, but I, I'd love to have Paul Pearson uh, to talk about, obviously I'm a huge Celtic guy, but I think he's pretty candid, but also talk about the Kansas URI game when URI upset them. That, that would be definitely one I would love to have on. The truth, that would be a great one. And yeah. what's your, your original connection to URI? Did you grow up in the area? I know you went to URI, but did you grow up in, in Rhode Island? Yeah, so I grew I grew up in Kingston, uh, right by the train station. So I was basically lived right off campus. Um, I had gone to URI. My parents uh, were transplants, but they went to URI um, from from New York. And so I grew up basically, you know, going to Keeney Keeney Gymnasium. Uh, and then you know I, I played basketball myself, played D three a little bit. So I've always loved basketball. I've always loved, you know, obviously I'm a huge URI fan. That's why you know it is it's morphed into more of just Rhode Island, uh, you know, great relationships with PC, Bryant and Brown. Um, but, uh, you know, I cover it all, but that, that's my connection to the university of Rhode Island is again, alumni, but also kind of grew up in the area. And transitioning to the main topic, which is previewing the UMass and URI game. We're recording this on Tuesday. So UMass and URI both have one more game to play, uh, before the Saturday matchup. But I wanted to introduce our second guest, uh, UMass Fan 33. Uh, he's a member of the Massachusetts Collective, one of our first members. And if you've been to the Mullen Center, you know Mark. Uh, he's the one that's always uh, keeping the refs in check from Section W. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining us. Happy to be on. So, Mark, from your perspective, what are the keys to the game for victory for UMass? This is a rivalry game. I know the programs are kind of at similar spots, but also different spots as the uh, both hired coaches at the same time. Um, what are your, your from your perspective, what are the keys to victory for UMass in this matchup? In my eyes, the three keys to victory for UMass are number one, rebounding the ball on the defensive end. Both UMass and URI are both much better offensive rebounding teams than they are defensive rebounding teams. So cleaning up the defensive glass is going to be a huge priority for both teams as they look both look to crash the offensive glass quite a bit. Uh, the second one is going to be continuing what UMass does very well, and that's protecting the ball on offense and not turning it over and causing a lot of turnovers on the defensive end. And I think UMass has a really good opportunity in this game because while they're great at protecting the ball, URI is not a great team at causing turnovers and vice versa. URI does turn the ball over quite a bit and UMass does a fantastic job causing turnovers. And the third key to this game 
I would be to get the ball down to Josh Cohen early and often. Uh, I think URI is a younger front court, especially at the five position. Uh, their two tallest guys on the team are both freshmen, I believe. You can correct me if I'm wrong. So I think Josh being an older player uh, with good post moves, I think getting him going and dominating a post presence uh, is the key to victory. So I think if UMass does all three of those things, clean up on the defensive glass, feed the ball to Josh Cohen, and protect the basketball, they have a chance at an upset on the road. And Nathan, from your perspective, for URI, what are their keys to victory against uh, UMass here in this big rivalry game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Mark, you know, those three points, you know, I, I kind of will go off those uh, going into it. You know, from, you know, from Rhode Island's perspective, I think it will be containing Josh Cohen. Uh, I think this is a game he he could have a big night. Um, you know, defense, you know, URI's kind of had three phases of the season. They started off with, you know, there's some hope there. They dropped one to Brown. Um, they lost five in a row. They were injured during some of those games. Then they get David Green, which I'll talk about later. Um, he comes back for the last two. So it is a different team, but defensive intensity, defensive identity has been an issue with this team. And I, I think in the low post, as Mark was alluding to, of getting the ball to Josh Cohen early, I, I think that's a key factor is, is containing, from a Rhode Island perspective, containing Josh Cohen. Uh, that will be difficult to do. Uh, and then, you know, you look at turnovers. Uh, Rhode Island has had issues with turning the ball over. Even in the St. Joe's game, you know, which they pulled out, which was a great victory for them. You know, even those last two minutes, the the guard play, we have strong guards, but the point guard play has been suspect at times. Uh, and, and I think limiting turnovers, if this is a game that is going to be, which I assume it will be, you know, a five, seven point game either way, you got to be able to take care of the ball. Uh, and you or I has to do that, you know, and then you know, I had mentioned it, but the defensive intensity and the defensive glass, uh, you know, I talked to Kenny Johnson, the assistant coach for the Rams the other day, and that is a focus for them. Um, as Mark, again, alluded to, they have struggled on the defensive glass, and that's something they're going to have to do. Um, if they can't control the boards and they turn the ball over, I think it, it could be a long night for them. And in terms of roster turnover the last couple of years after hiring Archie and then with NIL, UMass has seen a lot of turnover in the last couple of years since hiring Frank and, and NIL and different opportunities, just the whole landscape changing. How has URI's roster changed in the last couple of years? And, and what do you think are opportunities going forward that are presented or opportunities and challenges presented by NIL and the new landscape of college basketball? Yeah, I mean, Rhode Island, it was a, it was a complete turnover. Um, I think a, in a little different way than UMass, I think UMass – um, and I even look at what Frank Martin's done in the first two years. You know, I don't think the talent accusation part has been difficult. I mean, you look at even where the transfers from UMass went, you know, Georgia Tech, talking about Rutgers. We're also talking about, um, you know, St. John's, obviously, uh, with uh, RJ. Those, you know, those players kind of moved up, if you want to say, in terms of conference. I don't like using that term. Um, but for you or I, you know, as much as it was guys transferring out, I think it was also, even though a lot of these were picked by Archie Miller when he came in, a lot of these guys, I think they saw as not good enough, right? And that turnover, I mean, the first game, there were five new starters that weren't even on the team for URI uh, to start the season. So it is a completely different team. As I mentioned, you know, David Green, 
even it's a completely different team from the beginning. He is someone who's, you know, had a double-double last game. He's averaging, I think, like 16 and 7. So this isn't the same team, um, you know, during the first 10 games of the season. So obviously, you know, your second part of your, your question with NIL, you know, I think you or I and UMass are in a similar situation. Um, you know, they did start their collective. I think it was a little later than UMass. I will say, I mean, what you guys do just as an outside fan and some of the covers the A-10 uh, and is active, you know, on social media. I mean, you guys have done a phenomenal job. I think, you know, I don't know, obviously, the finances, financial part of it, but in terms of kind of getting the word out, building the collective, building the momentum, I think for you or I, it's behind in that. Uh, they do have a collective, you know, guys will say they're sponsored or they'll support, I should say, you know, some good nonprofits or, you know, blood drives, but not the most common fan is not really aware of their NIL collective. Now, with that being said, I've talked to people and I think they, they've got money there. Uh, I think obviously they're still building it. And I think for you or I with Miller and similar to UMass with Martin, I mean, the investment has been there. You know, that's why I'm so intrigued with, you know, I love the UMass rivalry for you or I, uh, but also just hiring these two coaches basically at the same time and giving the fan bases what they want, at least at first in terms of, you know, those were great hires. They went out and they spent a little bit more money. I think if you or I, uh, you know, can get their collective where they're at the, you know, top fourth of the A-10, I think that's important. I think if you do that, you can keep a lot of guys. If you build a winning culture and you can string wins and seasons together where there's hope, I think, you know, you see it around the A-10, you know, with Bishop, even um, Reynolds at St. Joe's. Guys will stay if they love their coaches and you're at least at a playing field in the NIL market, right? I mean, if North Carolina comes and offers 300,000, are, are we gonna, is UMass and URI gonna be able to compete? No, but I think they can compete enough with the coaches they have if there's success there. Right, I think that's really well said too. As fans and supporters of the program, both at UMass and URI, we got exactly what we wanted and what we were clamoring for for years which is a bigger investment in the program from the administration for coaching and facilities. There's a new facility at UMass. There's a new facility at URI. And the investment in two coaches, two nationally known coaches, the investment a significant amount of money in the coaches and the assistant coaching staff. So we got exactly what, as fans and supporters, we were asking for for years. And now we're in a unique position to step up and put our money where our mouth is. And that's what's super important and a super opportunity uh, for both UMass and URI and the collectives. And that's what we're working to build. And, and Mark's one of our first members. Um, really appreciate his support from day one. He puts his money where his mouth is, that's for sure. And Mark, do you have any questions for Nathan as as we close out and approach this game? Yeah, I got a couple questions for him. Uh, first question, I know you brought him up, David Green. Completely changes URI team. Before he got approved, everyone was saying, you know, URI, bottom of the league, bottom of the league, tough out of conference. The second he's back on the roster, changes a lot. The guy's been extremely good. How do you expect him to intertwine with the current group in terms of playing times? I believe he's currently coming off the bench. Do you expect him to start soon? And also... What position does he play? Is he mainly like a four, more of a three, or where do you see him playing most of his time on this current roster? Yeah, I mean, he he's one of those, you know, you think of the players now and what you want in terms of, you know, big win, but big wing, but can play in the low post. I mean, he's in that three and four position. Um, and 
for me, you know, he plays bigger than he is. It's his intensity. Uh, you know, Archie had alluded, he's been a leader um, off the floor for these guys. Um, and to have him on the floor now, as you know, when you mentioned, you know, how does he intertwine? I don't think that has been, that will be an issue. Um, you know, obviously playing time, there's going to be guys that are, that are unhappy with it, but because he has such a big leadership role, I think before he started playing, I think that helps. And also when he came back, you had a lot of guys, no, I shouldn't say a lot of guys, but a couple of key guys that were injured, had missed games. So it kind of was a new start to the season. Um, and in regards to starting, I mean, I would assume he would be starting uh, soon. You know, even last game, you know, I think it was only three minutes in and he checked into that St. Joe's game. Obviously conditioning, you know, I, this is a guy, I don't think he was going to play before that rule started. And even when the rule started, Archie was very vague in terms of when he was going to come back. So I don't think we've seen the best of David Green yet. Uh, I think stamina, just, you know, obviously like for any player, just game shape is still something he's working on. So maybe that has to do with the, you know, the starting role. But as you mentioned, it is a totally different team. You know, I think the big thing for you or I fans, I think this was needed for Miller because like I said, even before the injuries, you know, you, they had beaten Yale. There was some excitement. Then they lost to Brown again at home, right? Then you had some injuries and you have this five game losing streak. That was, that was ugly. And, and, you know, people were calling it as it was in terms of ugly. And the difference I think with Miller and Martin, I know I'm going off a little bit uh, because I do think it's such an important aspect of this rivalry and these two is I think Martin, even though I know the wheels fell off last year, you guys had that stretch in the beginning, right? Where you had that momentum. You won the MTE, I believe, uh, even this year. I mean, you guys have been playing exceptional. I think with Rhode Island fans and with Miller, there hasn't been that moment yet. Uh, and I feel like obviously there's a game starting, you know, in about 10 minutes. Um, but there's, there's now with David Green back, I think there's this new hope that, all right, what can we do with this team? Uh, and it is a totally different team than what we saw in the five-game losing streak. So he definitely impacts it. The impact of him in terms of playing time, I think that's still URI is, is looking at, is their rotation. So the bench has not been clear. You had a guy like Weston who did not play the first game. Green was back. He was a, you know, he was a key rotation guy, but then he comes in the St. Joe's game and has a huge impact. Femina, down low, the redshirt freshman, you know, he has shown flashes uh during you know the beginning of the year and then he hasn't been playing as much he came in for i think only four or five minutes but again had a big impact but the rotation yet is not set uh and i think that's probably the biggest weakness uh you know for this uri team is is the rotation is not cohesive yet i think they're still trying to figure that part out and one more thing just to add on to that that i was thinking about while you're talking as a i think this is a key to the game for both umass and rhode island supporters is I picture David Green and Matt Cross battling it out. And if either one of those two gets into any type of serious foul trouble, it really opens up a lot for the other one. Because the way that they're both built, um, they're going to be going at each other, most likely defending each other when they're in the game. So those two staying out of foul trouble um, is going to be really important to both teams. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, you know, and, and Green is a guy who he will, he will open his mouth, he'll defend. So I think keeping emotions in check and yeah, foul trouble is huge. I mean, that, that could definitely play a huge factor as it does in many games, but I agree with you in terms of that. That matchup, those personalities, that's something definitely to be looking for. It's going to be fun to watch. It, it definitely is. And I think for you or I fans, I mean, 
I was at the game last year when UMass came. I mean, that was a huge game in terms of, you know, they retired the numbers for the first time. There was a huge banquet the day before. You had a lot of alumni and people in that building, even though that season really was lost. And UMass came in and just absolutely, you know, just it was almost embarrassing, right? What they what they did to URI in that game. So I know these are two different teams, but with the rivalry, again, with Martin, with Miller start at the same time. I, I think it, it's a big game. It's always a big game, uh, but especially where these programs want to go, um, it's, it's going to be a fun one for sure. And I truly believe in the, the mindset of when two rivals play, you can almost throw the records out the window, and it's just a different type of game when, when you get on the court. No, no doubt. I'm with you. And uh, we always like to conclude these episodes with two closing questions. Nathan, I know you got to run, so I'll let you go first. Nathan's about, what, 15 hours ahead of us here, um, time-wise. Uh, so really appreciate you joining us at this different hour for you. I know it's 930 in the morning on Wednesday where you are. Um, so, Nathan, I'll let you answer these two questions first, and you can hop off, and Mark will let you go. But the two questions we'd like to conclude every episode with, the first is down one with a few seconds left on the clock. Who's taken who all time at URI are you giving the ball to to win the game? And second question, if you had an NIL deal, if you were an athlete, which brand or company would it be with? All right, so the first one, um, I you know, I'm going to go with, I know it was only one year, but I'm going to go with Lamar Odom. Um, you know, he, I think at his height in college basketball and his skill set, he could get a shot off. He obviously hit one of the most, you know, infamous shots at the buzzer in Rhode Island history over Temple to win their first A-10 tournament. So I'm going to, I'm giving the ball to, to Odom. Um, and then second, I'm sorry, second question. If you had an NIL deal, like if you were an athlete and you were a college basketball player and you had an NIL deal, which brand or company would it be with like your dream NIL deal? Say, man. I would, you know, I, I would say, I don't even know if they would do this, but I would go with Slam, Slam Magazine. Grew up with that. If I could be sponsored in any way to Slam or their merchandise, I think I would do that. It's a true basketball fan answer there. So, yeah, Nathan, if you have to hop off, feel free to. I really appreciate your your time today. Um, we'll we'll give everybody information on how to follow uh, Rody Vault and the Vault Network for sure. Um, Mark, I'll turn it over to you. Down one with a few seconds left on the clock. Who all-time UMass players are you giving the ball to to take the shot to win? So that's a really difficult question to answer, and it depends. And only because this is a discussion around URI, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Lowe and Glass setting the screen because uh, that's one of my all-time favorite plays in uh, UMass history. So I'm just going to go with Chris Lowe uh, due to the fact that we have uh, the roadie game coming up. And then last question, if you had a dream NIL deal, which company or brand would it be with either local, regional, national, anything? I, I might be able to guess this one, but I'll let, I'll let you run with it. Uh, this one's really hard. Um, I actually went to college in the state of Rhode Island. Um, so there's a little food spot there called Van Spa. So I would have chose Van Spa as my NIL deal uh best breakfast sandwiches um just a guy taking you know the food bare hands throwing it on the grill elite breakfast sandwiches and burgers so I, i'd go at van spa in uh bristol rhode island 
And Nathan, right. if, if you're still on, uh, let's let's get both you guys to give us a final score prediction for the game before we log off here. Nathan, you first. All right, all right Patrick. And and Patrick, actually, before one thing, I will. I do want to say I want to give a shout out to all my UMass football fans. Um, you know, the last week I said a very uh, ignorant and what I mean, not knowing comment about the football program. I'm not a football guy. I'm a diehard college basketball fan. Uh, I had mentioned something about what UMass had done football-wise. I was very quickly corrected by the UMass faithful, so I appreciate that. And I will always say my knowledge in New England football schools is absolutely nada. So I just wanted to throw that out there uh, for the Mass, you know, UMass Nation. Um, man, final score, though, I'm going to go with, let's see here. I'm gonna go with you or I think you or I is gonna pull it off seventy-eight to seventy-four. All right, and Mark. Got it. So obviously I'm going with UMass here. I am gonna go with a final score of eighty-two to seventy. Eighty-two to seventy minutemen. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for both of you for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Um, remember, UMass fans, this week there's a donor match in effect. So that includes any one-time contributions or any time that you level up from one level to another. That will count for your level up for the entire year. So if you move from $25 a month to $50 a month, that will be matched. That difference will be matched up to $10,000. So please get involved or, or please increase your involvement. It's essential as we build this collective and build the program. Um, thanks for joining us again on this episode of Commonwealth Conversations. We'll see you next time. And uh, I hope this wasn't wasn't too tough. And I, I'm looking forward to having Nathan Strauss back. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball. And I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours, too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.